everybody. Welcome. This is another song session. My name is Miles, and joining me right over there in front of a really cool Van Halen red white wall is. Hey, y'all. It's Brent here. How you doing, Brent? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. You That's know, good. it's a sunny afternoon. The weather mm-hmm. is getting nicer. We're on the very cusp of summer, and that makes summer. me happy. It does. Yeah. It makes me happy too. I have no idea when seasons begin and end. Like my wife does. Sarah, like Sarah knows the exact dates that seasons begin and end. And she like almost celebrates them. You know, she's like, Oh my God, today's first day of summer. And I'm like, I don't know. It's hot out. So it must be summer. I don't ever know these things. (laughs) There you go. It's I'm really bad for those kinds of things. I'm really bad for uh, those like random holidays like, you know, bank holidays and stat holidays. I'm the guy that used to show up to work and then get super pissed off when no one else did. And then I'd be phoning people and they're like, well, it's a holiday. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home because I am really bad at those kinds of things. But That sounds you know, about right. I, I think I've actually experienced that with you. So <laughs> yeah, I'm bad for that. <laughs> I have a question for you. I was having this conversation the other day and, and you know, you're a foodie and we both like like the food. I was having this chat with somebody about childhood food and things that you ate as a kid that, you know, grownups don't really eat. And like, we talked about all kinds of like Lunchables. Do you remember the Lunchables? Those were like, those are like charcuterie boys boards for kids. Like, and uh, every now and then I'll still grab a Lunchable. If I'm just like, I want that, you know, I'm pretty sure this isn't cheese and this isn't meat, but um, nom, nom. do you have anything that, when you were a kid that you loved it and now that you're grown up, you know, well, I'll use that term loosely, but now that you're aged, do you, do you still love it or do you hate it? Do you have any of those foods? Yes. Um, and before let's, you know, address the big elephant in the room. Um, no, I am not grown up, but yes, I am rapidly aging. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I would say, um, yeah, there's a couple of things that immediately come to mind. I, I have always, since I was a kid, loved tuna sandwiches, tuna wraps. Oh, tuna I hate sandwiches, tuna. And I still Ugh. do tuna, tuna. Um, you know what I don't though is, um, not really a food, but I don't drink milk. I do not like to drink <laughs> milk. I don't. Well, and and we've talked about this before. You won't, you don't, is it, it's hot liquids. You won't yeah. drink hot tea, liquids. Tea, coffee, hot chocolate. <laughs> no, but milk, even like, I do not like to drink a glass of white milk. Chocolate milk, yes. White milk, oh. no. Really? But you know, as we're talking about this, what really, the thing that really stands out, tuna sandwiches, yay, milk, bleh. Um <laughs> I would say, though, do you know what's funny? Here's something I haven't had since I was a kid, but I now Mm. have this vivid memory in my head of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you you remember Pepperidge Farms? They had, like, the the cakes that were, like, in a box square. Yes, yeah, yeah. You put them in the freezer, right? The pepperidge. I used to love those little cakes. I remember those. I don't even know if they make it anymore. I don't even know if it's a thing. I think, well... I don't know if that brand exists, but I I feel like I have seen those cakes though. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you know, Pepperidge Farm. It's it was like a brick of cake. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. it was a brick. Yeah. That's the most appetizing thing. How do you describe your food? Oh, it's a brick. <laughs> it's a brick. For me, it, there was two things. One is the one that I still to this day I'm just madly in love with, and I like defend it. Like I'll like fight someone. Cheese whiz. I love cheese whiz. It's and it's funny where I'll defend it because people that don't like cheese whiz are like, oh my God, how can you eat that? It's a bunch of disgusting chemicals. It's not. I looked it up because I had this conversation so many times. 
cheese whiz is like three different kinds of cheese blended together. It's not loaded full of chemicals. I mean, it's got like preservatives and junk like everybody does, but it's three different types of cheese that have been blended together. And I put it on everything. When I was little, cheese whiz on toast all day long. I still eat that. When I was little, a hot dog. Oh my God. Hot dog, cheese whiz, relish. Mm, mm, I could eat that right now. Uh, nachos, melt cheese whiz all over those bad boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I want some cheese whiz. Today's cheese show whiz. is brought to you by Kraft. <laughs> cheese whiz is gross. Let's move yeah. on. Oh, no, the one that's gross. When I was little, like, you know, I was probably like six or seven years old. And I'm like, I'm going to cook. I'm going to do this. And uh, I don't know, I think it was called like Puritan or something like that. And it was this can of stew. It was beef stew in a can. And I remember being little and I would make it. And I would, I, A, I thought I was cooking by opening this can and then heating it on a pot. And I remember it like vividly, these like big chunks of beef and the, the potatoes and I would eat everything. I'd leave the carrots and peas because I didn't want the carrots and peas. I'd leave those behind. So, you know, fast forward 30 years and I'm in the grocery store. This wasn't even that long ago. And I'm like, oh my God, there it is. I'm doing this. And I grabbed a can and my wife, Sarah was like, what, what is that for? And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it. Like I need this. And I got home and I opened it up and like the memory is there and I'm all excited. I'm like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And I pull the lid off and I look and I see this congealed mess that looks like dog food and it slurps out of the can. Slurp is the best term I can. It just and melts into the pot. And I'm like, oh no, this is not what I remember. And I'm heating it and I get it nice and hot. And I'm like, all right, here I go. My eyes are closed and I'm ready to just have this blast from the past. And I took one bite and went, nope can't eat that anymore <laughs> but like i remember it so vividly and it was so good and now i no no i've got to draw the line but cheese if i put cheese whiz on it it probably would have been amazing bad for my heart i mean canned stew with cheese whiz can't be good for your heart uh yeah i'll say it again gross let's move on. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? You know who who can tell me if it's good for my heart? I do. Would be today's guest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's jump over and say hi to our guest. The doctor is in. And I'm not I'm not talking about Dr. Strange Love. I'm not talking about Dr. Feel Good. I'm not even talking about Dr. Hook. We are talking today to the rock doc, Sam Gutman. Sam, how are you? I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous. And I That's have awesome. Been- each of those other names as well at various points. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I was, I didn't think that my jokes were going to be overly original. They rarely are. The jokes that I tell on the show and otherwise typically just make Brent roll his eyes at me. But True story. Uh, we, we sure do appreciate having you here. And now I've got to, uh, I'm not going to do it justice. So I'm going to throw it right over to you out of the gate. Who is the rock doc? What is the rock doc? Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, so I'm a uh, I'm an ER doctor by training and uh, by career. So that was um, well, sort of my real job. Um, I like to say my real job was uh, a minor hockey coach, and I did everything else just to pay the bill <laughs> to be a minor <laughs> hockey coach. But um, now my kids are grown, so I'm 
less of a hockey coach, but, uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> through growing up and stuff, I was really into music and my, uh, my close friend and I didn't matter what the show was back in, you know, late seventies, early eighties, we would go to every show, you know, tickets were $14. So, uh, we would go to every show and, um, didn't really matter the genre or, or who it was we'd go. We'd just, you know, go to the gigs, love the getting excited for the shows, the going to the shows, you know, being there and the whole thing. And then as time evolved, I find myself looking at the stage and how they set it up and who was the crowd and how do they manage the crowd and, you know, what stacks of speakers and all that. So I was right into the whole music scene, but unfortunately have absolutely no musical talent whatsoever. So (laughs) I could never be a musician. I could never be involved in any way. So, um, so I, uh, I, you know, looked around and tried to figure out how I'd get involved. And ironically, one day uh, I got a call. I was working in a walk-in clinic in one of the suburbs and Van Halen was coming to town and somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who kind of knew me and, and, the, and this gal worked in a production company and uh, Alex Van Halen needed a doctor. And so they called me and said, Hey, listen, uh, would you like to come out and be the doctor for the Van Halen show? We'll give you, you know, a pass and dinner. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I immediately called my sister who was also a music fan said, Hey, guess what? We've got passes for Van Halen. So, uh, and, and another part of that story is my best friend who we used to go to all the shows together. His, uh, step uncle was Eddie's guitar tech. So Robin Rudy Laren oh, wow. was Eddie's guitar tech, was my best friend's uncle. So we went to every Van Halen show year after year, every year they came and we went to every single one and it was my little high school secret that Van Halen was my favorite band, even though they were like a little rough around the edges for my crowd. So who knew? And that was where right, it started. So I'm going to go ahead and bow out right now because uh, we've made it six minutes in and we're already talking about Van Halen. So I can see the excitement <laughs> in Brent right now. Uh, Sam, The uh, just to put this into some context for you and our listeners know this, when Brent joined the Sound of Music Festival on his very first day of work, he comes into the office and he's unpacking his suitcase or his, his carry bag and he's got all this stuff and he puts a photo on his desk. And I said, Brent, is that your family? Cause he's got a, a beautiful wife and three lovely children. And I said, is that your family? And he goes, no, man. And he turns it, he goes, it's me and Eddie Van Halen. And it was a picture <laughs> of him and Eddie Van Halen. And rather than his beautiful wife and three beautiful children adorning his desk, the only photo he has ever put up in our office is him and Eddie Van Halen. So we have made it six minutes with, you know, and now we're talking about Van Halen. So I feel like you guys have a lot to talk about. So Brent, I'm going to just let you do your thing and I'm going to step back at this point. Well, listen, I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, really, what is it all about? It's about Van Halen. Haven't we discussed it's this on Van most Halen. episodes? So interesting, uh, interesting doc, because uh, I'm curious to know which tour this uh, treatment of Mr. Alex Van Halen was because the 1995 balance tour was actually kind of named the ambulance tour and the reason for that was because uh alex was having all kinds of problems with his neck, neck. he's wearing the neck brace exactly and uh eddie's hip problems and so they 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 kind of jokingly named the tour the ambulance tour 
it, it was exactly that. So it was, he had his neck issues and they just wanted somebody there just in case. So I was like, wait a second, I get a free dinner, two free passes and stand by the side of the stage and did nothing. Didn't see the band, <laughs> didn't see the crew, didn't do anything. I just stood there and watched the show. So of course, after the show, I said to the, uh, the production guy, I'm like, Hey, by the way, anytime ever you have anything, call me. And that was how it started. <laughs> Amazing. And so like, as the, this has now evolved. Like this is what you do now, right? Like you, you kind of work with musicians and events and this is sort of where it's gone. Yeah. Well, it's fully morphed. So it started out with, you know, they would call me once in a while and, you know, I never knew whether I should buy tickets to the shows I wanted to go to or whether they might call me. And so I was always kind of standing by and then, you know, after I got to know the guys a little bit, I'd be like, Hey, listen, uh, you know, so-and-so is coming to town. Um, you know, do you think you're going to need me? I don't know. We'll see. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll look after you. Don't worry. So there was, as you can imagine from the music business, quite a few times where I was standing out in the pouring rain, you know, at the stage door and somebody forgot because who cares about the doctor when nobody's sick, right? I'm not important to the show. I'm, you, you know, I'm superfluous. But God forbid anybody's sick, I'm the most important person in the building. So, <laughs> um, so it started with a lot of waiting around and, and what have you. And then uh, over time, as you know, the production world is a pretty small world, everybody knows everybody, uh, it started to get out that, hey, there's a guy in Vancouver, you know, he'll do your B12 shots, he'll do your, you know, this or that. And, and um, you know, tours are a bit of a traveling circus. And especially for the talent, it's not like they can walk into a walk-in clinic, like Elton John can't show up at a walk-in clinic. So it started to get to the point where, um, you know, they, they knew I was discreet, they knew I could handle what they wanted. And, you know, Part of emergency medicine is you're you're you know good at the first forty five minutes of every disease and then pass. So um, so I, you know I was sort of able to handle it and then it evolved into they were calling me and over the years then you know I started to hear that tours would be you know in Vegas knowing that they were coming to Seattle and then Vancouver and they'd hold their issues until they got to Vancouver and and come to see me so. Um, so that started to happen. And then, um, some of the production guys, a lot of the tours will start and finish in Vancouver. And so the ones that, uh, would start, they'd be like, okay, great. You know, we've seen you here. Is there a guy in Calgary or Winnipeg or Saskatoon or whatever, as you go across the country? Um, and part of it was also driven by, I would see these guys and, and do a treatment and then they'd disappear. So I was like, well, you know, I, there needs to be continuity. Like if I write somebody a prescription for, for Vicodin or whatever they want, the next city they ask for another one and another one and another one. So I was like, you know, this is not right. We need to be able to say, well, yeah, wait a second. You got 30 pills in Vancouver yesterday. You don't need 30 more. So, um, rock and roll. They always need 30 more. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and and then, then of course there's the, and I'll come back to how the name came, but so anyway, we set up a a network across the country and, and it started to evolve from there. And then, um, from, you know, people who knew me in music, production guys are production guys. So they would move from music into other live events. And so way back in, uh, 2006, uh, the Vancouver international marathon, uh, had some challenges with their medical program. So somebody who was working for the city doing large events was a music guy. And he's like, well, I know the doctor, he'd, he'd probably do the marathon, so they called me and said, Hey, you want to do the marathon? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So 
spent six months trying to figure out how the hell you do a, a, a large <laughs> event medical program. And then I was the event guy. And then that led to, um, to, uh, the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, world police and fire games and then into the Olympics and, uh, and then moving forward, uh, well, actually around the same time, 2008, uh, I was actually sitting in, uh, in, the, um, the uh, Live Nation box for uh, Aerosmith. And uh, one of the guys was like, hey, you know, I got this crazy idea. I want to put on like the new Glastonbury. I want to put on this massive festival in Pemberton, which is just north of, uh, of Whistler in the middle of nowhere. And uh, he's like, hey, I got this great idea. Well, you know, what do you think? Do you, you want to be involved? And so I was the third guy in uh, for the Pemberton Music Festival, which had a interesting legacy going forward. And right after that, I was like, hey, wait a second. This is the, you know, the uh, intersection of all of my passions, large scale events, music, medicine. And so again, spent, you know, six months trying to figure out, okay, great. What the hell do you have to do at a music festival? And <laughs> and so, you know, put it all together and having been a music fan, you know, I was like, okay, now we've got to have a trip tent. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, have you never been to a dead show? Like you got to have the trip tent. You got to have the place where people go and freak out, get their shit together and then come back. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, uh, of course. So good. Like who hasn't gone to a show and drank too much in the parking lot and missed the headliner? You know, everybody, right? So, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? That's what we need to do. Uh, we need to set so this good. up so the kid who spends, you know, six months with the job, you know, delivering newspapers or whatever it is, who gets the ticket to the show and just drinks a bit too much, let's look after them so that, you know, yeah, they miss the openers, but they make it for the headliner. Like, if we can do that, we're succeeding. So that was sort of uh, how it came together. And then it went crazy from there, so... So, let, so we're, we're, we're going to have a, a little bit of fun and we'll, we'll, we'll ask you a few <laughs> questions about um, some other crazy moments and maybe some favorite shows and maybe some less memorable moments as well. But let's get to, not to get too heavy, but a, a little serious for, for a minute here. You know, we're, as Miles said, Canada's largest outdoor free music festival. Um, we're going on two years now, absent the full festival piecing together all the, the things that we, you know, we can do safely in small numbers and live streaming, et cetera. What do you see now in the midst of this pandemic and hopefully soon coming out with population getting vaccinated? What, what, what is the future of, of large scale music festivals and events look like to you from a medical perspective? Well, it's that's uh, <laughs> the gigantic question because uh, million dollar question. <laughs> well, yeah, no pressure, and, no pressure. <laughs> um, you know, I was actually I was working some shows in Mexico and was about to go back for a massive rave that I was dreading when COVID hit, and so you know, like all of us, dead stop in the water. My entire operation was done because there was nothing. So we pivoted into COVID safety. So we've actually done really well uh, helping film and television get through COVID. So we've got a really good um, uh, perspective on, on it. So with that in mind, um, you know, nobody knows is the correct answer. Um, but, you know, my two cents is that with the vaccination rates as they are with the apparent ability of vaccines to be distributed um, now four months into it or five months into it, 
I think there's going to be significant uptake of vaccinations. And, you know, we're looking at three to six months before shows are essentially fully back. Um, and it's really going to depend, you know, on, on vaccination rates. We're also continuing to do testing and safety and all that and, and working with venues and, and tours and everybody else uh, to plan accordingly. But I think at the end of the day, you know, certainly we're, well, I'm booked for January in Mexico for eight more sets of shows. So I, wow. I think it's status quo or, or former status quo back to where it was pretty soon, like three to six months. And I think we're effectively uh, out of this, assuming everybody gets vaccinated, which is an assumption because there's, you know, in the U.S., it's 30% of the population is never going to get vaccinated. So, you know, in Canada, I think it's probably lower. Um, but, you know, that notwithstanding that, they're already hog wild with shows and events and whatever in the U.S. So I know Fish is booked at uh, at the Gorge in July and the Dead are booked in uh, in Washington or in uh, in Hollywood Bowl in June. So, you know, things are booked and tickets are being sold and, you know, we'll see. Let's hope. I mean, they were talking about how uh, in 2020, the music industry in North America took a 60 billion dollar hit. Like that's a lot of money to be lost. And I mean, I know even here in Ontario, like, well, in Canada, you look at, uh, you know, you look at Ticketmaster and Live Nation and Eventbrite and all these huge players that like they laid off massive amounts of people all around the world during this whole thing. And then there's all these questions about who's going to recover and what are they going to do and how are they going to come back? And, you know, we're already seeing this mass exodus of artists over to Europe because like they're reopened and concerts are happening in England and, you know, so we're a bit behind, but I'm, I'm with you. Like vaccinations are going out. People are going to get back to it. I know we're starting to plan some shows. We've got some things coming up in August that we're hoping like, yeah, fingers crossed everyone. And, uh, you know, but we're, we're turning our sights to the 2022 festival. And, uh, you know, I think we've got some exciting things in the works, but I, I want to, I do want to have a bit of fun. I do want to know, and I know you can't name names in a lot of times There's, what is the whole patient doctor confidentiality? Uh, but seriously, who was the worst? No, I, I'm kidding. Who, uh, <laughs> like what, what show really stood out for you that, you know, you're out there with those guys and you're just standing there going, I can't even believe this is happening right now. Like what show stood out the most? There, I mean, that particular, I can't believe this is happening has happened so many times. I can't even <laughs> tell you, like here I am standing. There's one time I was working uh, Madonna. Uh, oh, wow. Now, massive madonna show stadium show and my job was to sit under the stage for the costume changes and so i'm like i can't believe i'm here i'm at madonna i'm all access and i'm sitting under the stage i can't even see it <laughs> and like, why costume changes what do they does that require a doctor that's uh it's in between the costume. i can't do this or i can't do that and uh yeah, no, there's, there's been many, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, so many times where, where it's just like, oh my God, this is, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here and I'm inside the barricade. I can't believe I'm here with this vantage point or, you know, I'm about to meet, you know, somebody who I have been idolizing for years and years. And actually there's another Van Halen story there. There it with, comes. Well, it was, you know, I mean, here I am, here I am as a, you know, 14 year old, like, you know, right at the front of the stage for Van Halen and, and the ultimate alpha male 
David Lee Roth, like the ultimate alpha male. I couldn't give a crap, like the kicks and the screams and he's the guy. Right. And so I'm in the pit looking up. So fast forward, you know, 25 years, Van Halen's back on one of the later last tours when they reunited and I'm getting to meet David Lee Roth. And I, I'm so, you know, typically I don't get too starstruck or whatever, but I'm like, it's David Lee Roth, the ultimate male, like the dude. Well, I go in there and I'm not very tall and I go into the room and he's shorter than me. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh my God. And he's, you know, he's fast forward 35 years or whatever. He's an older gentleman. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is that really? Yeah. It was amazing. He was awesome. Super nice guy and everything. And, um, and then yeah. the glove went on and you said, Mr. Roth, if you can kindly <laughs> turn your head. And... Well, it's, it's funny. The, the majority, you know, there's been some times where I've helped some people out with, with some significant issues. A lot of the stuff that I, that I do is, is um, uh, entertainment folklore, let's say. So a lot of the yeah. time they want B12 shots before they go on. And that's kind of a thing, right? Everybody tours and they're exhausted and they don't eat properly and they're up all night. So they're, they're tired. And so everybody wants a B12 shot. Well, you know, there's not a ton of science that says that B12 does a hell of a lot unless you're B12 deficient, which most people aren't. But my thing is B12 shots. Like, hey, you got some B12. Yeah, I got B12 shots. Sure. So, um, so I, um, I'm going to see Kiss. Ah. So I, I'm in the room with Peter Chris, a super nice guy. Like, we're having a nice chat. We're talking about kids and stuff and whatever. And you know, really articulate, bright guy. And uh, so I said, listen, Peter, before I give you the shot, I just want you to know that, you know, there's not a lot of science here that this does anything, you know, like, you know, you know that, right? He's like, Doc, let me tell you something. For 30 years, before I go on stage, I get a shot in my ass. So give me a shot in my ass. (laughs) I'm like, all right, you know, as long as you understand what we're doing, we're all good. Yeah. Well, yeah. When Peter Chris, when Peter Chris wants a shot in the ass, Peter Chris gets a shot in the ass. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and, and another B12 story is, is another idol of mine is, is, uh, is Springsteen. Oh so, yeah. I'm going in to see Springsteen and, and, uh, so, you know, I give him the shot and, and, you know, I didn't do this very often. I still don't do it often, but you know, Springsteen is Springsteen and he was such a nice guy. I'm like, listen, Bruce, I'm a huge fan. Would are you okay if we get a photo together? He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Much like your Eddie Van Halen photo. So I stand there, me and Bruce and the guy's getting the camera ready to take the photo. And he says, Hey doc, what do you like? Got the B12 photo gallery on your fridge or what? <laughs> and I'm like, as a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> at that time, my fridge was adorned with me and rock stars getting B12 shots. It was hilarious. So. That's amazing. So what, like, what is the, aside from the B12, like, what are, like, what are some of the crazy things that you've seen from the road? Like, you know, I, like, I think about these concerts that I, you know, I think it was a two years ago, like Dave Grohl, the Foo Fighters broke his leg, went off stage, yeah. got a cast, came back out and finished the show. Like, oh, I think yeah. of these kinds of crazy things. And like, so what have you seen? The, the majority of the stuff is, is relatively simple. So it's, it's, again, it's a traveling circus. It's, it's not an easy life on the road, even for the top end guys, it's a tough life and they can't, you know, I mean, you know, when did, you know, 
if you have a cold or you got a sore throat, you need a doctor. So these things happen routinely and they need somebody to just deal with their routine, you know, sort of family doctor sort of stuff. Um, and that's the majority. And, and also you're talking about a, a entourage of people. So the truck drivers and the, you know, all the guys, and, and it's, it's not an easy life. And a lot of these guys are not pictures of health. Like they're not going to the gym and eating healthy all the time. So, you know, and, and um, for the tours that have been around a while, you know, some of the guys are 65 and they got high blood pressure and they need a prescription refill and, you know, so basic stuff like that. Um, but then there's the, there was one tour we did where, um, uh, court ordered drug testing every day. Oh, geez. So, you know, I had to go to the hotel and observe a very well-known, uh, musician peeing in the bottle. And, <laughs> you know, and then there was another one where, um, where somebody had a, uh, an abscess that needed draining and, oh, you, know, gross. and you know, they, they land at four o'clock, the show's at nine and they don't have time to do anything. So they call me at four o'clock. So I go down to the venue and we set up a, you know, a table and somebody's holding a flashlight and we're under the stands while they're sound checking. <laughs> and I'm lancing this massive abscess. Anyway, they were super happy. And then they, so, so they, they, they were like, Oh my God, I can't believe you did that. That's so amazing. Listen, we're going to look after you. So they behind the stacks, beside the stage they set up this like a couple of lawn chairs and a blender and carpets and me and my wife sat on the stage while the show was on and they're pouring us margaritas while we're watching like literally the guy is right you know five feet away from me it was amazing nothing says rock and roll like please drain my abscess (laughs) (laughs) before i go on yeah 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 oh wow all right brent that I was like, okay, so, you know, I don't, you know, here I am on, on one hand, I'm working in a, in an urban ER trauma center doing, you know, like literally saving lives now and then. And here I am, you know, at a show and it's like, oh, I got it. Oh my God. The bass player's got a blister. Oh my God. Or somebody's got a hangnail and everybody's freaking out. And, and I, you know, I, I did it for years and I never totally understood it. And until um, there was a show that I had bought tickets for a really well-known band that, that I really love. And, and, um, my wife and I were at the show and, uh, this was back in the days of a pager. So I'm sitting at the show and I called the buddy who was a production guy. I'm like, Hey, what time do they go on? Just cause I didn't really care about the opener. I want to show up just for the headliner. So it's like, okay, 8 45 they're on. So sitting there, it's 8 45, nothing's happening. It's 8.50, nothing's happening. 8.55, nothing's happening. My beeper goes off. I'm like, oh, okay. So I call the guy. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He goes, are you at the show? Yeah, I'm here. He goes, what's your seat number? I tell him, don't move. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there. Guy comes from backstage. I can see him coming, comes from my my seat. Come with me. Grabs me, takes me down backstage around the thing. I'm Absolutely, we will. Sam Gutman, The Rock Doc, thank you so much for joining us. We'll send you back out into the world now. You have lives to save and all the important things to do. And it's Friday afternoon, so I figure Brent and I probably just need to go and have a couple of drinks by the pool and enjoy the weekend. (laughs) Sam, thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, guys, and best of luck to you. I don't know. Something happened. It started to hurt, and then it's swelling. Uh, I'm, I'm freaking out. 
I'm like, um, okay, well, it's either an insect bite or could be a little infection, but don't worry. We'll sort it out after the show. And and I'll tell you what, I'm going to stand by the side of the stage. You can see me the whole time. If there's any issue, we'll get it sorted. And don't worry. And he grabs me and hugs me. He's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Turns around, the rest of the band is waiting. They go in their huddle, they do their thing out to stage and completely kill it, like unbelievable. And at that moment, I'm like, that's what I'm, that's why I'm here is to just make those guys. I mean, this guy is the biggest rock star in the world and he's worried about something, but he's got to go out there and be the guy. And if he's worrying about something, he can't be the guy. So my job is make him get on stage safely. That's the job. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So we, you know, we've been talking a lot uh, as our festival has been canceled and postponed and big, big tours, you know, the Motley Crue, Def Leppard thing, you know, yet Mm. again, postponed, Foo Fighters postponed, on and on and on, Pearl Jam postponed. Um, When we can get back to live shows again and big stadium tours, who is on the top of your list that I I really want to go and see? Well, number number one, uh, number one for me, and fortunately, I'm booked to uh, to be with them. Is uh, is fish, fish in? Uh, oh wow! We're doing fish Riviera Maya in Mexico. It's an annual event, five thousand people at a really exclusive, all inclusive, and it's just immersion in fish for five days. And there's there's I, I was fortunate to see. I think they're, if not their last show, their last two or three shows before COVID uh, in 20, whatever it was, 2019, no, 2020, um, they did four shows plus a sound check, which was as good as a show. And it was some of the most virtuoso music I'd ever seen. And I can't wait to see them again. Like just over the top, amazing. That's very cool. Cool. So well, look, I, I'm going to be in the Riviera Maya in January. So if, if you need an assistant, I like, I'm terrible with needles unless they're like tattoo needles. I'm terrible with them. I'm not good with blood. I don't do well with hypochondriacs or whiny sick people, but I feel I could be a really good assistant to you because I'm there. So whatever you need, doc, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing. I tell everybody else who says the same thing, which is how's your Spanish? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually, uh, not too bad actually. Now I'm not going to do it though, because if I try speaking Spanish on the show, it's just going to go very poorly, but it's not bad. We, uh, my wife and I travel quite a bit and Spanish, we, we typically end up in, in, uh, Mexico or Dominican Republic. And so, yeah, we're, uh, you know, I'm not bad, not bad. It's okay. My Spanish is horrific. So my, 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 my whole team is there to translate between, medical nice. talk english and spanish and uh so yeah <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i love it all right well um, look folks we i got, oh, I got, go ahead, I got one more sorry i go one more. leave us you know everyone oh, okay, yeah, go, go. We're, we're craving live music we want shows we want tours um let's end this episode on a really high note tell us from from your experience you know there's always something about meeting your idol and you never want to be let down you, you always want to go, man, I, I, I've loved them forever and they were awesome. If you could give us one or two or three that you've met that you just went, these people were amazing and absolutely anybody who idolizes them would go, wow, they're so great if I meet them. Who, who would that be? 
Uh, definitely Springsteen. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. And I got to meet Clarence Clemens, um, which was, yeah, I, I, I talking about photos. There's a photo of me and Clarence and my wife, the three of us like this, as he was walking out, I'm like, Hey, big man, you're looking really good today. He's like, Oh yeah. Doc. I was like, you want to do a photo? He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> well, he was great. He was amazing. Um, uh, Eddie Vedder, lovely human being, just a great guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super nice. Um, yeah. Uh, God, those are the, those are two that come to mind right away. Um, but yeah, so many. Eddie, Eddie Vedder is definitely, he's on my bucket list of people. I would love the opportunity to just chat with Eddie Vedder for 10 minutes would be unreal. He, he was he's really a nice guy and, and just, just a class act. And, and similarly, it's, it's funny the we sort of the, the mantra that I've always had is the bigger they are, the nicer they are. Oh, nice. You know, it's sort of the guys who are sort of, you know, new to it, think they need to be cool. You know, they're, typically less appreciative, but, uh, you know, the, um, we went into the same thing at, uh, at the festival. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bigger ones and, and, uh, the bigger they are, the nastier, the entourage, but then the better is inner circle. So yeah, it's kind of like my, when I used to have a, a, a GP office, my receptionist was a battle ax, but once you got past her, it was a good, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, folks. Well, we have been talking to Sam Gutman, the rock doc, uh, Sam, thanks for joining us. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, thank you for bringing up, uh, Van Halen so early that really did make the show for Brent. He's thrilled. He's that's all we needed. That's great. Well, yeah. And good luck with your shows. And, uh, you know, if you ever need uh, medical support at any of your shows, give us a call. Chatting with the rock doc. I mean, I like, I, <laughs> I'm really hung up on come drain my abscess before the show. Like that's just awful. But it's like, it's so funny. You hear these stories, right? Like everybody knows the iconic stories of like meatloaf having to go off stage and like take a hit of oxygen and uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I saw Ozzy uh, when he did his Judas Priest kind of reunion tour. This must've been five, six years ago. And like he, A, he didn't sing anymore. He stood in front of the microphone and he talked. So like every song that he would do, it was just, and then he would walk off stage and dunk his head in a bucket of water and come back. Like he did not look well. So I'm imagining that, yeah, Sam's got to be pretty busy on the road. Yeah. I think the rock doc has uh, seen some things for sure. (laughs) I mean, let's, let's face it. The uh, aging, life of some of our former heroes they they probably need some pretty oh yeah steady attention that's for sure well yeah i mean a lot of those guys they lived through the golden age of sex and drugs and rock and roll you know like a lot of them are they're kind of fried at this point but they're still making the music i can't help but wonder if he ever treated you when a bouncer chucked you off the stage after you like tried to get up there to grab Eddie or something, you think maybe <laughs> I may have unknowingly met the rock doc. Before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These, the stitches in my face were put there by the rock doc. Yeah. 
Oh dear. Anyway, folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today. We hope you've enjoyed today. It's uh, always good to have a few different guests on there. So that was kind of fun to talk to the rock doc about some of the things that he has seen. And, and it's nice to hear that, you know, there's some hope for live shows coming back here. We're hearing it from the medical professional himself that we're, we're getting there folks. So keep on doing what you're doing, keep each other safe and keep listening to some sessions because we have some really cool guests coming up. We have some really big announcements coming up soon too. If you keep on listening to the show, keep an eye on the Sound of Music Festival's Facebook and Instagram and Twitter because you're going to see some really cool stuff in the very near future. So that's all the time we have. My name is Miles. Joining me right over there. Uh, This is Brent and make sure you take your B12 shot. Make sure you take your B12 shot. They are scientifically proven to do really good things for you. So says me. This has been a Psalm session. Thanks, everybody. Take care and enjoy.